hello and welcome to the Accelerate podcast by Accelerate Coaching. I'm your host Ed Miles and with me as always is Howard Bishop. Hello. Episode number eight coming at you. So, CrossFit. We've been talking about this for a while, it's finally here. First one on CrossFit. Big day, big day. What do you think Howard? CrossFit, love it or hate it? Ultimately I, I love the exercises but nearly every, every one I, I adapt to make it suit my head as a number one as a scientist and then number two uh, probably to suit my strengths I'm not that I'm afraid of pushing myself out of my comfort zone but there's some things that don't really appeal to me which we'll get into with our guest so those who don't know what CrossFit is I'll give you a brief kind of explanation I'm sure James our guest today will give you a bit more info about it but it's basically you might have seen the documentaries on Netflix that's how I first found out about it and I was actually very impressed by some of the blokes in there. I had an, my initial thoughts were, "Wow, look at these steroid monkeys!" But that was my first initial thoughts. Since then, I've kind of learned a bit more about it and think maybe hmm, potentially might be a bit different. Um, which we'll obviously we'll, we'll address these with this with James in a bit. In terms of functional fitness, it tries to incorporate all different aspects of fitness. We'll obviously get a bit more detail from James very shortly. Um, it's be, it takes a bit of a bad bad rep for being associated with unnecessary injuries for like obviously certain types of training and there's been some links to potential overtraining due to the intense nature of it on a regular basis uh, but yeah we'll be, it'll be interesting to hear it from here's, here's some thoughts from somebody who's actually in the CrossFit bubble whereas obviously me and Howard we, we play a bit of CrossFit ourselves but like I say it's all adapted and we're not actually in that kind of yeah. culture and that, that bubble there's no doubt that the the athletes are phenomenal athletes and it sort of goes in with our ethos at Accelerate as well is turning people from human to superhuman and they definitely make them I think there's even a documentary called that isn't there something like superhumans or something like that and uh, it it definitely gives them a well-rounded degree of fitness but we think which we'll touch on um, is that the emphasis on coaching probably isn't there and it's become synonymous with sort of beasting yourself and, and, and pain and it sort of took over from where the old boot camp trend used to be on the military fitness boot camps and then now picked up and this is the new thing and rest assured there will be a new trend eventually um, but yeah so our guest today uh, James friend of mine from university former Olympic swimmer a very good athlete was on the GB setup or uh, on the way up to London 2012 uh, circumstances life got in the way um, and now he's a keen crossfitter so let's get into it so hashtag train like an athlete in this section we asked James how he trained like an athlete and what his inspirations were so welcome James how are you doing I'm good mate how are you I'm very good thanks yeah excellent uh, so in this section we just want to find out how you over your swimming career and then now into your teaching career how you trained like an athlete and how it affected your career and what sort of things you took away from being a high level swimmer and then now how you affect your training as well yeah sounds great so when i started swimming around about the age of 12 um training roughly two or three times a week and then that soon progressed to seven eight nine ten times a week um at my peak I was training about 20 hours a week, so that was four mornings, half, five to half seven, um, every afternoon, 4.30 to 6.30, and then um, a session on a weekend as well. Um, so a lot of that kind of boils down to mental toughness. Yeah, I like, I like um, because get yourself, a lot of people saying that, oh, tra- should I train every day? That's Isn't that too much? Like that. Yeah. So. It's, it's an interesting one, really, because I think when you're, when you're in your early teens, well, all the way through your teens, really, your body can kind of heal and grow a little bit better than it can when you're like in your 20s, 30s going on. Um, I certainly wouldn't like to go back to that level of training now. Um, but I think because I know that I've been able to train at that level before, when it comes to obviously doing the CrossFit and stuff like that, which I'm doing now, getting up to doing early sessions isn't too much of an issue or sort of pushing myself through six or even sometimes seven sessions a week which are only an hour, hour long each time. It's not too much of an issue. Um, yeah. In the back of your mind, you always know, well, I've, I've done more than this, so this is manageable, if that makes sense. Um, you don't lose that never quit mentality type yeah. of thing. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. It's, uh, 
and it's a lot lighter really it's a lot, as I say it's, it's a lot lighter than having to train 20 hours a week yeah so how, how have you put that into your into your career now obviously being a teacher and then any teacher training and stuff is there any crossovers between swimming and what you what you're doing at school and stuff yeah I'd definitely say there is some crossovers um doing your PGCE years to the year that you've got to do in order to qualify as a teacher is it's brutal um the hours that you've got to work in order to get lessons planned and um, get work marked and do all your preparation and then all the other paperwork and meetings that go on top of that it's, it's very wearing it's very tiring um, and it's not an easy year but obviously the takeaway from that is obviously knowing that I'm in a, I've been in a position before where I've had to get myself up early hours of the morning to have to go and train um, it's still worse than having to get up early to do paperwork and the like <laughs> Um, and then the crossover going into teaching I don't actually do a lot of swimming teaching we don't have a swimming pool at the school that I'm currently at but um, the way that you can kind of boil a sport down and how it links to other individual sports there's a lot of similarities there so there's, there's quite a few crossovers yeah, and obviously which has made life a little bit easier this is partly why the reason I wanted to get you on as well sports science trained like the both of us as well so it's gives you that sort of attitude of how to break down sports and, and learn we, we get it a lot where they go we'll get a somebody and say a swimmer and they'll go well you didn't swim how do you know and they're like well my whole degree yeah. is about breaking down sports and <laughs> what what is needed so yeah definitely that's right. what a lot of people don't understand best. is that you can you can apply the same principles to everything it just needs to be absolutely. altered slightly <clears throat> absolutely i think it, it doesn't matter what sport and background you come from if you've if you've trained and performed to a high level you've still had to apply the same level of skill and you've still had to apply the same level of effort as well it doesn't yeah. matter what how similar or different your training regime is. Yeah, and that ten thousand hours thing. So you've got to put the ten thousand hours in, no matter what sport yep. it is. So part of that ten thousand hours is your uh, your nutrition, your strength and conditioning, your, yeah, all of that all, all boiled in. Definitely. It. So, who inspired you to start swimming, and then who still continues to inspire you in in training life and stuff? Good question. So my dad was a swimmer, so I think that's basically the line that I got thrown. Um, sort of early in my development, I, I kind of didn't really have a lot of direction in terms of what I wanted to do sporting-wise, but it was, it was pretty much an ad hoc choice that I was going to go and swim. And I think the reason that I did that was because I knew that my dad had been a swimmer when he was younger. Yeah. Um, didn't compete or train at the level that I did purely because that, that option wasn't available to him at that time. Um, but my dad definitely but then throughout my swimming career um, my swimming hero would definitely be Michael Phelps if you're a swimmer and you don't know who Michael Phelps is you probably need to give your head a little bit of a shake because I think everyone everyone who knows anything about sport knows who Michael Phelps is did you get to meet him? Um, I was muted. But then I also did you meet him when you went to Beijing? I didn't get to meet him I didn't the closest I came to him was watching him walk out with the US swimming well the US Olympic team as I was sat in the stands at the opening ceremony Right. which was um, basically consisted of, of me sort of like fangirling over Michael Phelps and getting a really blurry picture on a, on a digital camera <laughs> from a couple of years back. Um, well, some of the DB swimmers who did well at that Olympics and then on in London you must have met though, like Rebecca Adlington. And, and yes, I, um, one of the lads who I trained with at the time, a lad called Andrew Mayer, was actually going out with Rebecca Adlington sort of in the run-up to Beijing and then for a time after Beijing. So she came and trained with us at Newcastle. Um, for a small period of time oh. um, and I also trained with a, a lad called well a really nice lad called Chris Cook who was a double Commonwealth gold medalist in Melbourne I think that was in 2006 you might have to correct me on that day I can't remember exactly um, but yeah I was quite familiar with a few of the guys that were on the British team um, mm. but because of my age at the time a lot of uh, quite a substantial number of them were a little bit older so I didn't I, I knew a few of them but I didn't know a, a large amount of them if that makes sense yeah, yeah. So, is there anyone outside of the swimming world then that it inspires you and continues to inspire you? Well, this this one comes as a bit of a cliche because it because it's only a recent one. But I think having watched um, the last dance with Michael Jordan, it like having been an athlete and watching that and kind of understanding his psychology and the mentality that he took into games, it almost made me look inside myself and realize like actually a, a huge amount of this is in your mind, and if you can harness that and take it forward. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a big one. Yeah, a few so people definitely have said, say him. Said him. I, I've always in, he's always inspired me growing up as well. Because when we were yeah. 
you and I were when we were kids. It's uh, he was so prominent in his sport. It Absolutely. was hard to ignore him, wasn't it? So, oh, massively. That documentary's opened a lot of people's eyes into how much of an insane athlete he was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally agree on that one. Really, like we, I see, I say this to customers a lot, but we we studied him, didn't we, at um, in biomechanics, James? And he, yeah, we he, did. Um, he's genetically it should be impossible to be the way he is, but yeah, I know. It goes completely against the way that your predetermined somatotypes should play your sport. So, absolutely, it's, I think they've said similar about Usain Bolt as well, haven't they? Yeah, because exactly. of his size. Yeah. Yeah, we, in um, my sense. biomechanics, we looks at Usain Bolt. <laughs> yeah. Now he's not he's supposed to be good at his sprinting, but he's, he is. It's like they, they talk yeah. about how he's not good over the first 10, 20 metres. That's like the, the big talking point for that. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And then on the flip side, you've got someone like Michael Phelps, which I mentioned previously, who's genetically perfect. the most yeah. perfect human you could find for, as a swimmer. Human fish. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. He's, he's absolutely freaking. He's mutant. Total freaking nature. That yeah. bit, when he's when he's on the blocks, ready to um, to dive in, his just arms look like they shouldn't shouldn't be exist on a human. Never mind our. Uh, he's just wingspan. What is he like? His arms look like four with a six foot seven wingspan. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The, the length yeah. of his muscles must be absolutely obscene. That's like lats ridiculous. Almost giving somebody a. Uh, unfair advantage almost isn't it like <laughs> I know it, w- it wouldn't even come as a surprise to me if you decided to, to race a Tokyo and he still came away with something <laughs> it would it would not surprise me in the slightest if that was a decision how many medals has he got something like 25 or something like that 28 I think 28 ridiculous ridiculous 25 it's great, it's great to take a very like special athlete to break that record isn't it yeah oh massively so massively so and then the last thing is, other than who you've said, is there anybody you follow um, on social media and, and stuff that, that inspires you? I mean, Ed and I, we've said in the past quite a few sports science ones, a bit geeky ones. Is there any other yeah. uh, any other ones that you follow regular? Yeah, good question. So there's a guy, there's a Canadian guy, Canadian CrossFit athlete who's also a former swimmer who's uh, called Brent Fikowski. I quite like him. He's, he's got a bit of a dry sense of humour. But he's pretty much like at the top, the top of the game in CrossFit, um, and, he, and he's similar size to us, Howard. So he's like similar build, former swimmer. And the interesting thing with that is you tend to find that a lot of the higher end CrossFit athletes tend to be quite short, and it's got a lot of it to do with like the range of motion when it comes to like lifting weights and the like. Yeah, the phrase is quite like, short. He's much taller than the rest of the field. So like, yeah, exactly. So I find him quite interesting, but then. Um, other guys like Ross Edgley, I think he's just absolutely Ross ridiculous. A good one. Um, I follow him. He's just an amazing guy. And then I like a lot of the guys who are on um, who a lot of the directing staff of SAS who dares wins. Uh, Jason Fox, I like him. Um, Mark Billingham, he's just the scariest man alive. <laughs> but like, it's, it's just really interesting when you how you watched it, the different ways that the train and some of them just. It's quite unconventional. It's quite old school, but it still works for them. Yeah, well, that's one of our big, big topic really talking points on the on the subject we've got at hand is, uh, is that yeah. style of training. So definitely, we'll, we'll move on to that in just a second. So uh, moving on to the elephant in the room, we've been speaking about a, a, a podcast focusing on CrossFit for a while, and now it's finally here. So first of all, James, what is CrossFit to you, like me and Howard have obviously got our own opinions on it. We want, to, we want to know what it means from your point of view. Sounds good. So I always try to describe this as being the filler of the gap from when I stopped swimming. So I stopped swimming um, my first year of university um, for social life. Basically, spend so much time in the pool, um, and you don't really get much of a social life. But I decided, you know what, like. Um, the Olympic dream was looking less and less, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to make the most of my university. So he has I always a, say, has a Bishop, and then decides to give up swimming. It's the impact basically, I have basically, <laughs> I met I met Howard Bishop and Jared Risley Jones, and thought, and thought, oh, that's it. I, I'm going to go and enjoy myself with the rugby boys instead. Um, <laughs> <but> anyway, <laughs> so I always say that I wish I'd discovered CrossFit earlier. So I wish I wish I'd come out of swimming and gone straight into CrossFit. Um, to me, it's structured fitness. So 
obviously I'm fully aware of how important it is to keep in good shape and how important fitness is for mental health and physical health, etc. Um, for me, it's what keeps me in shape. It gives me a bit of direction. It's sort of, it sort of tickles the, that sort of prehistoric urge that humans have. So we're not supposed to be sat on sofas or sat on chairs, looking at computers. We're supposed to be like running around fields chasing sort of vegetable eating mammals for our own food. So it's kind of like it's, t- it's tickling that urge, if you like. Um, and I know on a day where I might not fancy going to the gym, it's, and it's the social side of it that'll pull me through. So I might, if I'm, if I'm not really feeling it, I think to myself, oh, well, if I, if I go to the gym, I'll see the lads. And then I get the social side of it, but it's also the health benefits that come with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very pretty good description. I, I like the way you, uh, you said about direction as well. So it's uh, yeah. structured and direction. That's pretty much a real good summary. I mean, definitely. The, the other thing as well, which is probably worth mentioning, is as a PE teacher, it's almost like you should practice what you preach. Um, from a professional sta- professional standpoint, I, yeah. it, it doesn't sit right with me, the thought of someone who's not in good physical condition, directing children, young individuals to move and perform in a certain way, yeah. if you're not looking after yourself in that physical way as well. I've, so I've got a mate who... Um, a bit of a two-way street. I've got a mate who runs a gym and he's he always puts on yeah. his... Uh, Instagram. It's not specifically CrossFit, but he plays around with lots of different things, like the way that CrossFit does, put throwing different things together. And he always just yeah. calls it adult PE because yeah. you just experiment yeah, and do yeah, things, and he actually says this is what it is. Yeah, that's what a lot of us call it. In all honesty, we're just, we're just like, oh, yeah. Kids, kids are really good at, at turning anything competitive as well, aren't they? So absolutely, just as simple like, as you get that competitive element. With, or whatever it's super competitive and it creates that gamification to anything so massively so yeah it's 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 like that in the adult sessions as well like you're looking at the person next to you and you're thinking oh i want to beat that person i I think it's natural it's uh and just to touch back on the teacher i suppose it's leading by example it's like if if they can see you and you're you're still performing your your well not necessarily performing but you're still actively engaging in sport or in games um it's sort of goes down the chain to them and they appreciate that as well you can also draw on the experience of it as well which i think is really important um ed do you want to lead with our um our opinions on it because you and i share a pretty universal so like it's pretty similar to when we uh, in the podcast we had with holly looking at the 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 les mills style of uh, group exercise so we kind of mean mine and howard's approach to group exercises we like to we really focus on the, the coaching side of it. So all of our group sessions are based Absolutely. around coaching. It's not really, when, but then Absolutely. when you've got Les Mills and then you've got CrossFit to some extent, obviously with me and Howard, I haven't experienced CrossFit in the same way. Um, yeah. We, but we find from the outside looking in, it seems that CrossFit's more of a kind of led session. So like, this is what you're doing, crack on. So would you, would you say that's a fair assessment or would you say that there's more coaching that goes on than, you, than it meets the eye? I think a lot of it depends on where you go. Um, so I can only really speak from my experience at a CrossFit gym and, and there definitely is a good amount of coaching that goes on. But it depends on the background of the coach. It depends on the qualifications of the coach. Have they done the British weightlifting? Um, how confident are they with gymnastics, etc.? cetera? Um, yeah. My experience has been really positive. Um, I work with a guy called Ali McGillivray excellent CrossFit coach. I've had a, uh, another fella called Andy McCoy. Um, he competed at regionals with uh, CrossFit Tyneside. He's really high-level coach. And then another guy called Paul Warrior, who's absolutely like exceptional. Like you'll, you'll watch the way that you place your feet and he'll tell you to move them and all of a sudden your snatches improve by five kilograms or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. I, can, I can fully understand where you're coming from the outside looking in. And maybe seeing not as much coaching going on, but then I think it varies from box to box inverted commas. So I, yeah, because that's that's kind of a lot of boxes. a lot of the stigma that's around CrossFit is that it's kind of the coaching standards aren't very very standardised. It's kind of like obviously, like you said, it depends where you go. Some places yeah. have got a really good coach just because that's where somebody who's good at CrossFit started training. They've gone up and then started Absolutely. coaching back in their own box or whatever. I think but then you get yeah. some that aren't as aren't as good. 
I think the problem Absolutely. is part of the problem is that you don't have to be a, have any other qualifications to go for a CrossFit yeah. level two. That, yeah. that is it. It's a not. It's not a huge issue, but it is an issue. So I totally agree same, with you on that same one. issue that would occur with you don't need any qualifications before doing your level two fitness. You can go straight yeah. to level two fitness and doesn't make you make you a good coach, but you can go and train people on potentially dangerous uh, activities and things. So it's yeah, totally the where it separates from sort of your Les Mills is the Les Mills is the person stood at the front and you have to copy them. I suppose where CrossFit is more of a or creates autonomy, so that it yeah. makes the person look after themselves because if they don't look after themselves, they're gonna get hurt or they're not gonna do it right or whatever Definitely. or they're not gonna achieve the goal. So it does make you invest in your own in self-interest. Whereas Le the Les Mills we talked to with Holly is obviously. She said she could have 40 people in a room. Well, there's no way all yeah. 40 people are um, achieving the same thing. It, it's, it's virtually impossible. There's going to be... Yeah. Ed and I always use the term Mrs. Jones. So your Mrs. <laughs> Jones isn't going to walk into a CrossFit box. Mrs. Jones is the person who sits at the back of a spinning class and burns 200 calories, walks away and goes, oh, that was dead easy. But me and Ed, yeah, or, or me and you, James, are at the front, banging out these reps and absolutely melting our head off, and we're burning five, yeah. six, seven hundred calories. So that's what I think with absolutely. lead sessions is. But I think in CrossFit, it's a bit, it's, it's a bit harder to to have those kind of characters though, because like you can't just mince about doing a snatch. You've got to get yourself into it, or you're going to get hurt. Oh yeah, really? of course, of course, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting one, CrossFit. I think um, the, the good, the good thing about it is a lot of this stuff is scalable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you've if you've got a guy who's been an well, maybe not an Olympic weightlifter, but they've, they've been a weightlifter, the coach is going to know that right. Okay, we're doing snatch. You can let them just crack on, but yeah. then he might move, like you say, maybe move them towards the back of the class, bring them up, the less experienced guys towards the front of the class, and then they get a little bit more attention with their technique, etc. Obviously, technically, yeah, well, you know, the other way when then you're doing the gymnastics stuff or the body weight exercise, calisthenics, is that that weightlifter is probably pretty poor at moving his own body weight. So, yeah, and uh, it sort of it is quite complete. It is very, it is quite holistic. That is my favorite thing about it is that you have to do everything. Like you can't be really good at yeah. one because you'll you'll if let's say you do loads of weightlifting but then you do an ex a session where you've got to do running you're going to get yeah. absolutely melted by the running so you, your technique absolutely. on the weightlifting is out the window because you're absolutely knackered so you've got to yeah. be good at all these different things and it's one of my favorite things about it that's why you see a lot yeah, of think... athletes in it i think is you know you see ex rugby players you see ex swimmers in your case james that, that all do it because they love that sort of holistic approach and just getting melted oh yeah definitely. i think one I of the best things it does it gets it gets people that wouldn't normally do something unorthodox to do it. So like weightlifting is a good example. Like a lot of people are kind of scared of weightlifting. They want, they would never try it on their own, but then you go into yeah. something like CrossFit and they kind of, they're incorporated because that's just, the, that's in the session. So you've got to learn to do it to yeah. get through these sessions and stuff. So you just get more confident doing things like that. Yeah, totally. I think one of, one of the biggest positives that I've certainly seen come from CrossFit is the, is the, um, amount of take-up in Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting in females. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, I, I look at some of the female CrossFit athletes and I, I, I'm just in awe, to be honest with you, because they almost look more impressive than the males because of how they've managed to sort of... Well, I, I, follow a girl at, I follow a girl who's at your box, I think. Is she called Claire? Oh, yeah. Claire? French girl? She's... Oh, Celia. Yeah, she's absolutely yeah. ripped. Yeah, she's a former <laughs> swimmer as well. She, oh, she? She's under, I think she's like, I think she maybe ran third in France or she came um, third in France in the CrossFit Open. So if she'd, if she'd well, if she'd come two places higher, she would have gone to the CrossFit Games, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, she's phenomenal. She can like clean over yeah. 100 kilos. Yeah. crazy. So, I saw a video of her doing a, I think a single arm uh, muscle up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's really impressive. Like really, really impressive. Um, so she works with another French girl called Elo um, and Paul Warrior, who I mentioned before, um, who is pretty much the godfather of Warrior program. I don't know if you've come across it, but it's definitely. Good oh yeah, I've heard of that. I think my I've got somebody I went to uni with is at uh, I think he's at CrossFit. Is it Tyneside, the one that's in in like the yes, city centre? Yeah, 
I think he's yeah. there, and I think he's been following like his programming and stuff for the last few years. Yeah, more than likely. Um, so they they do a lot of the programming together. But I mean, they're like that ultra. They're like super impressive. Like and and like yeah. I say, Paul Warrior. He really knows his stuff. He's he's so clever with it. So yeah. so clever with it. It's interesting. It'd be good to get him getting on the pod. Um, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting actually. So then the last thing to cover on this thing is about Grizzfizz. So we briefly mentioned it when you said about military. So Grizzfizz is yeah. definitely a military thing, is is more like it's punishing yourself to create a mental um sort of toughness around it as well. And this is the real bones of what we sort of distrust of CrossFit is that okay. you'll see one wad that'll just be like the whole wad is 100, 100 pull-ups for time. And we're like, yeah, what is this? Because <laughs> that is more of a mental test than a physical test in the end. Because once yeah, you've gone over, let's say, 20, maybe 30 pull-ups, your body's adaptation has already occurred. And then, absolutely, or even worse with, with squats or something, because body weight squats, your technique's going to go out the window after like 30 squats or whatever. Like, this is a, one of the problems as well. I think that my mate who, who signed up for the, I think the one in Doncaster, and is it is like seventy quid basic membership a month, something like that. Yeah, some of the some yeah. of the gyms can be like so expensive. It's, yeah, it's scary. So he says he he's paying seventy quid a month to go go and do the bod or whatever. And that some days it'd be really good, really interesting, doing loads of different things, um, really good session. And then sometimes he said he'd go and it'd be like a hundred wall balls, and he's just like, well. I don't really want to do 100 wall balls because I, like, I could do that on my own. I want something that's going to be a bit more, yeah. a bit more variety. So he's like, he said he ended up cancelling his membership just because he was I like, it's not. Sometimes it's not. I'm not into it, you know. I just I don't, I, that's the thing as well because yeah. of the, the branding that, and that the associated costs are quite high, aren't they? So if it's if it's yeah if it the reason is to create a mental attitude, then then cool. But there is much better Grizzfizz workouts you could do that would give you a bit more variety and still create a mental test. I don't know what, what's your opinion, James, on what, when they see those type of wads, like what? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. It becomes more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge. Um, you would hope that in terms of the periodization that it's been accounted for in that session, where it's maybe treat more as like, a, okay, this is going to be something to gauge your level of fitness. Um, and then we'll go from there. Often, often when you do something like that, there should be something else in the session. So there's a couple of different ways that CrossFit sessions work. Obviously, you'll go in, you'll do your warm-up. You might, be some, you might do some like um, lifting-specific warm-up. So if you're going to be doing deadlifts, you'll warm your deadlifts up. And then you might go for like a, I don't know, like a three rep max deadlift. Or you might do like five sets of five or something along those lines. And then you'll um, you maybe do some gymnastics as well and then go into a workout. But um, I, I totally take a point on... Like if you if you turn up and you, you see a hundred wall balls, if if you're looking for something a little bit more um lengthy, may, maybe a bit more aerobic with a bit more variety, it's it's not really what you want to see sometimes. So I, I totally take that point. Often if I look at a session and it's got and it's got something kind of basic like that, you think to yourself, that's only going to take like it's not going to take much more than ten minutes really. And then what's what's the rest of the session going to consist of? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very fair point. It's a very valid point, and, and realistically, there should be more to it than that. I think that's really what the death of partly what the death of boot, the boot camp sort of boom was is that it was all mm. in Grizzlies. So in yeah. when boot camp boomed in like sort of 2012 time, yeah, 2013, everybody went because they wanted that challenge, and then it, the yeah. challenge got very boring because it was always a mental toughness test as what well, yeah. just a physical test. So yeah. I, I think, think that the, with boot camps, though, like you're quite limited because if you haven't got a range of equipment, it's mainly outdoors and bodyweight stuff. There's only certain things you can do, and obviously after a while, it does get quite repetitive. But then with CrossFit, you've got this whole variety and range of everything you can do. So like, they yeah. shouldn't really have any point where people are losing interest because there's so many different things that you can bring in. Yeah, definitely. To keep yeah. challenging them. So totally agree. I totally agree with you. I guess the, your only limitation should be the equipment that you've got in your gym or the space that you've got available yeah. to you. Um, again, you can go from like one crossfit box to the other, and the space size can be completely different. The range of equipment. I've seen some that are absolutely enormous. Oh, I went to, um, I've not been to many different ones, but I went to a gym in Chesterley Street, not far from Newcastle, and it was like 
it was massive by comparison to the gym that I normally train in. Yeah. Um, I think that's, it, that's, it that's the, another good thing about CrossFit is people can open these boxes everywhere and anywhere, can't they? Yeah. Really? They spring up all over. Yeah, of course. Quite good. And then even if they're not CrossFit affiliated, basically they're doing the same thing. And they, we said this with Holly is that exactly the main thing is people are moving more. Which is great. Yeah, if we get exactly. people, more people moving, is is fantastic. Um, so it is. It is good, but it is what it is. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter whether it's called CrossFit or whether it's they've decided to go against the affiliation and just call themselves functional fitness. There's one in there's one in Doncaster that's called um, fitness, yeah. called something else, and it's it's not it's not a CrossFit affiliated gym, but they basically yeah. their timetable is basically like the same as your CrossFit when it's got like gymnastics. Uh, yeah. sessions got um like just your general kind of workouts uh group workouts and then it's got weightlifting specialization stuff it basically yeah. does all the crossfit stuff it's got all the um you know like the ropes and stuff like that that they, they normally yeah. do have but it's just not called crossfit it's just called something else yeah it's the same thing and, and and to be honest with you i can fully understand why some gyms might not choose to go down the crossfit path in terms of naming because i think the affiliation fees are like close to five grand a year yeah. some of them and that means that cult yeah. attitude, which we'll come on to in a second. Basically, just adding the yeah. label, isn't it? It's like pay pay for the label. Yeah, yeah it is basically you pay, you pay for the label. People see that it's a CrossFit gym, and they think, oh, well, it's a CrossFit gym. It's you know we'll go there instead of we'll maybe just go to the functional fitness gym down the road, who might be doing something exactly the same, if not better. Yeah. But because they've not got that CrossFit brand, they choose not to go with it, so to speak. Yeah, it's a real interesting one. So one of the main things I think is really good with CrossFit, or probably the best thing, is that it, it pushes you in to, to compete and challenge yourself. Yeah. So obviously, even if you don't want to go to the games or whatever, it gives you that option of being in the open or, or doing whatever and just posting your times up. And I think that's really good to challenge yourself, not only against the people in your box, but see where you are compared to other people. And then... Yeah. makes you go away and stretch yourself to, to achieve the recommended weight or, or whatever it may be to to really um, strive to be the best version of you. And in uh, Accelerate Coaching, we um, we always talk about turning you to super you. So it's not about who how you are compared to the other person in the room. It's, it's compared to yourself as long yeah. as you can have improvement. So we think that is really good. And uh, I think there's a massive um, respect for them to, to to create that challenge across um, the whole sport or I don't know don't we classify it definitely or now there's definitely yeah I totally agree with that but, um, I think when you've when you've spent a lot of your life doing sport where you've been competing with people and all of a sudden you, you maybe step away from it like one of the main elements that you tend to miss is the competitive element um, Everybody's got like a bit of a competitive drive deep down, haven't they? Absolutely, of course they do. Um, I think to be able to kind of step back into something where you, you've got the option to be competitive, yeah, um, it's it's really good. Obviously, like I say, it's an option if you, if you want to compete, brilliant, like go for it. Um, I, yeah. I love it. Um, with CrossFit as well with the Open, it's like you, you one year you do it and you come, I don't know, like fifteen thousandth in the UK. Yeah. You're like you're not you're not bothered by it, you, but then when you do it the next year and you come twelve thousandth, you're going to be buzzing, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's it's all, nice you're always ranking somewhere. There's like there's always a the competition. It's not like intense. You're not potentially yeah. going to not going to change your life, but it's just it's giving you a, a placing. I think that's good. Yeah, exactly. It gives you a little bit of a boost, I think, as well, yeah. when you see that you've actually made progress over the course of a year. You think yourself, yeah. well, I'm not just stagnating. I'm actually getting better, and it gives you that sort of numerical data, if you like. And it also massive gives you a goal as well, because like, even if yeah. you don't have a goal with it, you, and you're just training, you can you, you always can compare to so like one let's say one year you you're struggling to to train very much, and then the next year you commit to training a bit more, and then you get reward. You get like obviously you feel better, but obviously you get an actual physical reward that you've come higher up in the standings or whatever. Yeah. And that's like everybody can do that. There's not Absolutely. there's no cut off, is there? So. I think I think the only yeah. the only sort of negative to go along with it is then people from the outside looking in or people if you're not inclined with our way of thinking in a sporting environment it, it yeah. seems like a bit of a cult is that they do these horrible workouts and 
shift this heavy weight and all they want to do is be ranked. But yeah. Yeah. It, they don't understand maybe that, that that competition shouldn't be really about you versus anyone else. It should be yeah. you against yourself. Um, yeah. like I just said it doesn't matter that what you place one year that the Open the next year you could be completely different and I think that's good with the, the Murph obviously mainly for charity um, yeah. Murph, but, and it's for a great cause as well but um, the Murph is something that you can completely control every year and um, see how, how your improvement is coming and, and oh, totally. so the next section then is all about what we also get a lot of criticism for CrossFit for is injury and how people yeah. with that. So we see a lot of people who come to us and they go, I went to two CrossFit sessions and now I'm broken. And again, I think it comes down to what you said about, uh, depends on the coach. Yeah. It depends yeah. on the box who, who's following who and, I know, for instance, I won't say any names, but there's a place in Scunthorpe that's not CrossFit affiliated, but the owner is a monster. Yeah. He is a genetic freak. He's um, yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And people try and copy him, and there's no way. Like, he yeah. does. I've seen him do some absolutely crazy stuff. So he's <laughs> ex-military as well. So he's, he's got yeah. that Grizz Fizz attitude. So. Because one of the downsides of the kind of competitive nature of it is that there's like some like Howard mentioned about you. Uh, you need to realise the competition is not who you're side by side with. It's mainly with yourself. But then obviously some people struggle to, with that, and they ha they're always trying to beat people around them. And then by forcing themselves to try and add in add in an extra bit of weight, do one more rep, that's when you they cross over from that safe zone into that kind of injury risk zone I think that's where quite a lot of the yeah. injuries happen is you're trying to get that last rep out you're trying to get one more kilo done and that's where these little injuries occur I mean just I totally agree with you then I'm I'm very much guilty of this myself I was uh, I did a little bit of research on the injury side of it and I think the research said in a study over a thousand hours of CrossFit you're likely to see three to four injuries in that time um, so yeah. going off my own experience, I've put my back out because I tried to lift the logs. So that was too heavy when I first started CrossFit. Um, I put both of my shins out doing box jumps. Uh, one two weeks ago in my first session back, which was less a few than people have done that. Now, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've got some good scars on my shins. Put it that way. Um, so I can I can totally emphasise with that. Um, and it's I think you've also got to look at yourself and think to yourself well. Take myself, for example, it's the first session back. Why am I trying to attempt box jumps of 30 inches while I'm blowing? Because I've lost a certain level of fitness. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be more difficult to clear a box. That's why um, that, challenge, again, that challenge is sort of bad then. Because if there's nobody monitoring you to say, look, you're gassed. Yeah, it is. Just doing it, just doing it, even a small box is going to, is going to challenge you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's... Um, Again, it's that competitive element that starts to come out, isn't it? It's like you think to yourself, well, Tom over there's put the box up to 30 inches and that's the art. So we're not, in CrossFit, we have something called an RX. So you, you might do a workout. So for example, if you're going to do Murph, if you're going to RX Murph, the correct way to do it is to wear a 10 kilo weighted vest or 20 pounds if you're American. And, but then you can partition the, the rep scheme in any way you like. But yeah. if you would uh, scale Murph, it would probably be to do Murph without wearing the weighted vest, if you like. Um, so, for example, if you're going to do an RX workout and the box jumps are at 30 inches, where you think to yourself, well, that's the RX, I'm going to do at 30 inches, irrespective of the state that you might be in or who's in that class at the time, when yeah. actually that's not necessarily the, the, the best way to go about it. You need to obviously think about what you're capable of doing or how you're capable of performing at that moment in time. Yeah, definitely. I think um, sometimes they get, they get that a little bit wrong. And they, even though it's pushing for... Um, your best it's not always the safest either and then exactly. what we see a lot as well is, is managing them with those injuries then I don't know yeah. from your box what it is but we see very generally poor management of injuries so it's like yeah. rest they tell them to rest but they don't give them any coping or, or management strategies on how to to deal with those injuries whereas we will yeah offer an advice 
and refer to a. I mean, in that way, in case with injuries with us, is your first port of call should always be doctor. A doctor will yeah. always always go safe down the line and and speak to a doctor. But then if we think we can advise something else, whether physio, massage, whatever it may be, we will try to offer that as best we can. I don't know what yeah. your box uh, provides, and again, your box will be different to another and and so on. Yeah. I guess that's the, that's the interesting thing about CrossFit. Our, my box is really good, generally speaking. It sounds quite similar to the, to the process that you would go through. Um, it's quite interesting when you walk into a CrossFit box, you meet people from a different range of, of professions and different walks of life. So we're quite lucky in a way because we've got quite a few health professionals that go to the gym. So a number of doctors, nurses, and then you've got your physios as well. So if you do have any issues, your first point of contact would be a coach. Or then if you're lucky enough to have one of those in the class, they will generally have a look for you anyway. Yeah. Um, but generally, yeah, it's man managing injury-wise, it's pretty good because um, I know while I've been managing my shin injury, as I mentioned before, I've got a bit of soft tissue damage at the minute. I've basically looked at the class the night before and thought to myself, well, I can't really do, I'm not going to do any box step overs because I'm trying to limit impact on my shin. Yeah. Um, what can I put in place of that that's going to sort of, stimulate me in a similar way but isn't going to generate that impact and the coaches are generally pretty good with that because they'll give you an idea of something that you might be able to do or some sort of substitute exercise or some different way of altering the workout in order to accommodate it if that makes sense yeah um, that's, good. that's good that's that's how we would usually manage a class as well so if, if, if yeah. an exercise session somebody comes with whatever injury we'll try and give them an alternative that's still going to challenge them and um, exactly or not necessarily avoid the injury completely, but finding out what you yeah. can achieve. Um, that's good. Absolutely. That support is what a good coach will always give, because we spoke about this on the injuries and setbacks with uh, with Michael, is that um, a rugby player won't, won't just not turn up to training just because he's injured. He'll, uh, exactly. he'll see the physio and find out what the process is to get back on the field. And, yeah. and Michael said that, getting back to training is the most important thing and whatever you need to get to get back to training i think from a um like a mental health standpoint it's really important as well you know yeah definitely um because it's, it's not just physical it's mental as well and it's it's you know you've got you want to try and keep in that routine um i think for some people if if they fall out of that routine they might end up never going back and you're stretching you you're doing something to maintain a level of fitness as opposed to just staying in the, at home or staying in the house or something like that. Um, it's, it's important that you're at least trying to do something to, to mitigate that damage and keep yourself going, if you like. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, last section of this bit, Ed, do you want to, uh, do you want to fire it out? Yeah, so this bit's called the, the Bro Science Baffler. So we kind of look at some sort of uh, fads, myths, and that of the fitness industry. And uh, there's there's a few uh, that come to mind when we uh, talk about CrossFit. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this one. So first no, one that came off well. came off uh, came came out of mine and Howard's mouth together. Kipping pull-ups. Right. Talk, okay. Talk to us about them. What the hell are they? <laughs> right. So the point the point of kipping pull-ups, and, and to be honest with you. Before I started CrossFit, I looked, I looked at kipping pull-ups as well. And I was thinking, myself, what, is it? what are those people doing to that bar? Like, what? I don't understand the logic yeah. of that. Being able to speed a pull-up up so that you can perform it at speed in decreased time in a workout um, with a level of standardization as well. So, there's, believe it or not, there's different ways that you can actually do kipping pull-ups. So, you've got your generic kipping pull-up where you'd have to get your chin over the bar. You've then got a chest to bar. So the standardization then goes from getting your chin over the bar to getting your chest to touch the bar. You've also then got butterfly pull-ups. So if you, if you were to YouTube butterfly pull-ups, butterfly pull-ups look a little bit more mental. That's, um, butterfly pull-ups, getting your chin over the bar, and then butterfly chest to bar as well. And it's, interestingly, it's, if you imagine a person swimming butterfly using a pull-up bar, it's probably the best way to describe it. And oh, I know. I'm I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what I'm you mean. Yeah. Hoping I've got it. Yeah, I'm hoping I've got a bit of credibility saying that as well, purely because my stroke when I was a swimmer was butterfly. So it's, it's actually one of the movements across it that I can do quite proficiently. 
Yeah, there I've is seen a video of you doing it. It's pretty ridiculous, to be fair. I've seen you, you yeah, firing them out. It's quite, it's quite good. I mean, one thing to say is James's lats are probably the biggest lats I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> his lats like bulge out of his back when he tenses them. It's crazy. It's like from swimming. And obviously, you, you buy him dinner. When I met <laughs> yeah. you, you were still swimming, so it, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It looks like he's got a hunchback. How have you done that? Well, is that, how are you done now, yeah? What, sorry? Are you done flirting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. I've <laughs> <laughs> not seen you to that for a while. <laughs> Getting it all out there. Um, I think with it, people, we, if I looked at them, it would be the, the only way I would see them as a, as a progression towards muscle books. That's the only good I really can sort of pull on it. If you were creating it as a uh, muscle up progression, yeah, yeah, maybe I can see that. But yeah. in my opinion, it, it's teaching bad technique because we yeah. say all the time, yeah. doing crap pull-ups is detriment almost to doing pull-ups. Yeah, so I, can, I can see that side of the coin as well. Different way to, to do pull-ups from our point of view. Or is it more to do with the, just the speed? So like, obviously, yeah. if you've got pull-ups in a session, you, you, if you're doing strict pull-ups, you're obviously going to get more of a, a burn. Whereas, is it yeah. with the, the kipping pull-ups, is it more of a kind of a long long buster than a, a burn that you get? It does, yes. Because you're moving so quickly. You're not necessarily well. contracting to the same amount of a high level, but yeah. I assume the fast movement and having to swing through it does get you quite your heart rate up, I assume? Oh, massively so, yeah. It's, um, it's, your, heart, it's your heart rate, so it's your cardio system and it's also your grip. Um, we do yeah. we do do strict stuff as well in in sessions. So like part of the main like the first part of the session might consist of like a strict chin up or strict pull ups. But then you might have if you've got pull ups in a workout unless it dictates that it needs to be strict. Generally speaking, you'll just get yourself on a bar and you'll do kipping or um, butterflies to get yourself through that element of the workout as quick as you possibly can, so to speak. Um, then just touching back on injury as you mentioned before. You've also got to be in terms of that because um, you can't, you could pull a shoulder or you could tear a lap or something like that if you're not doing it with good enough technique. So it's, yeah. it's almost like you're treading a fine line at all times in order to sort of ensure that you're doing it correctly. So um, would you say that a kipping pull-up is, is, well. is, a, is a progression to doing a full pull-up or would you say a full pull-up is you have to be able to master the, the strict pull-up to do a kipping one? So that's a good, a good, difficult question. <laughs> um, I would, yeah, I would probably say that a kip and pull up is a progression to doing a strict pull up because it's you're using the momentum generated by your body to get up onto the bar. But if you're doing it strict, you, you're not allowed to utilize that momentum to get yourself up yeah. onto a bar. So, you, yes, I would say that kipping is a progression to. So, if there was a, a workout that had strict pull ups in, would the beginners yeah. go kipping first and then work that way? Would they like, would, would you say if you can't do a strict no. pull up, do. Banded. Whatever. Banded, probably. I think they probably end up doing them banded. Banded, right. Um, yeah. So it's but not a pro progression, it's I like would... a variation of. Yeah, Yeah, I would yeah. say. So we, we always talk about is... from a sports science point of view, they go, should I be doing press-ups like this or like that? And I go, it's not wrong, it's just different. There's no right <laughs> yeah, or wrong. It's absolutely. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer. And like you said before, you were saying it, um, what do you see as a progression or a muscle-up? I would say definitely yes. Um, I can do kip and bar muscle-ups without too much issue, but get me to do a strict bar muscle-up and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Or single arm like that girl did. That. Yeah. <laughs> or single arm like Celia, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the other one is another stigma is that people think, oh, I can't do CrossFit because you've got to be super fit to do that. Is That's, I think, a, uh, a bro science thing that it goes negative. Um, completely the other way is that you should be able to do the workout just because you can't do the recommended weight doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to do it um i of think it's definitely it can be something for everyone and like we discussed it gets a lot of more females into weightlifting um yeah and i think generally that this has changed a lot of people a lot of people's opinion but then there is still your mrs joneses who wouldn't stay away from crossfit because they wouldn't want that challenge but i think more people should give it a go is we spoke about this with the uh, group exercise in regards to drum fit or whatever it's called. <laughs> oh yeah 
if your priority is comfort, then push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit and try it. If you don't like it, you don't like it, fine. But at least try and, and try and move a little. Yeah. But, you know what? I, I totally agree. I think that's a, a really important myth to try and debunk that you need to have a certain level of fitness before you go and try a CrossFit session or any fitness session, really. Um, you, you're going there at the end of the day to try and improve your fitness. Yeah. And the thing that I love about it is the pack mentality that you, you get when you go into a fitness session like that. So it's, although you are, you're, you're, you are only trying to improve yourself, having that pack around you, irrespective of, you, I don't know, you might have a CrossFit Games level athlete in there, or you might have Grandad Bob, who's just come from the local retirement home, potentially. Um, I think it's really important to try and, get rid of that stigma that you need to have a certain level of fitness before you go yeah. like, that's really I think that's not just in it's not just in CrossFit I think a lot of people the idea that they've got to have a certain level of fitness to go to any kind of fitness session because I've got we've had messages yeah. before people wanting to come and they're like oh I don't think I'm fit enough yet what, what, what should I do yeah. to get myself fit to come and we're just like just come like no one's going to care that you you're a bit off the yeah. pace with everybody else like you, you come in to better yourself you're not coming to fit in in the group of course. It's, just, it's all about self-development it's totally the case and um I went to an earlier CrossFit class this morning, and I mean, you've got you've got blokes in there who are maybe in their 60s. You've got um, guys who are a similar age to us, sort of late 20s. You've got teenagers. You've got people from a completely broad spectrum of ages, abilities, and everything. I think people just need to look at themselves and say, well, I want to improve my fitness. It's going to be easier to improve my fitness with other people around me and yeah. use them as that driving force because it's when you're in your own head and you've got your headphones in it you know that'll that will do something for you but i do think having that pack having that group of people around you really does help so ed do you want to do the um so um there's one thing that kind of you know we're in that kind of an instagram culture now and obviously like yeah. A lot of your CrossFit athletes have all got big social media presence, presences, and obviously they get a lot of their income comes from like sponsorships and stuff. And they do get absolutely. There's a lot of things that are associated with CrossFit, like um, like promoting certain diets, promoting certain pieces of equipment, like, like the, the Theragun's a big one at the minute. Like, oh, you need to get yeah. one of these Theragun's. So, like, what do you think about kind of the, the like? What, do you think that the sponsorships are? kind of good recommendations so you know like recommending like fasting and all that kind of diet and stuff do you think that that's a, the kind of the yeah. the culture of crossfit or do you think that's just the athletes trying to make some money or what i think that's really an, a really interesting topic um i think the sponsorships are good if it's been tried and tested by the athletes and they're happy they're happy to endorse that sponsorship so for example if you've got someone like matt fraser who's got a sponsorship by x brand he's used that and it's tried and tested and he's happy to push it and say you know what this has really worked for me then I think that's a positive thing um, I think it's a negative thing if you've got athletes who are perhaps trying to push something that, that, that has not been tried and tested it's not been standardised like, I think like Matt Fraser is probably a bit of a different example because obviously because he's at such yeah. a, a high level he's only going to be he's, like, he's sponsored by Nike I think so obviously everything that yeah. he's going to be promoting is probably going to be alright but then you get the lower down you go like I know I've seen a few on Instagram that are little from like there are athletes who are local, not yeah. to the same standard as Matt Fraser, and they promote some like weird, un, un like unheard of brands of like supplements yeah. and stuff like that. And I just <laughs> think that, obviously if they're Whatever. yeah, all that stuff like if they're promoting this stuff yeah. in their box, obviously there's people who don't know about it who are going to be buying it. And I just like oh, of course. I don't know if it's the same kind of where you where you train, but. No, yeah, I can, I can certainly think of a couple of examples. And I, I, I think there's some, there are positives, but I, I also do acknowledge and see that there's some negatives as well. Um, a good positive example I'll give you is one of our previous coaches, Andrew McCoy, who now has a CrossFit gym in, in Bladen. You might have heard of the Bladen races called CrossFit yeah. Bladen or Dauntless Fitness. Yeah, it's in, um, in Bladen Club, isn't it? Isn't it in yeah, yeah, same area. Yeah. Um, he did a 12-week intermittent fasting with a group of individuals from the gym. And it was basically an open invite. It was, if, do you want to try it? Yes, this is the program that we're going to follow. Do you want to try it? No. Okay, no problem, no pressure. Um, and we did that. And I, de I definitely noticed, and it's something that I still continue with now, purely because it fits my lifestyle. And it means that I have a window where I can eat kind of what and when I, what and when I like. 
and then I have a window where I just don't eat and it, it suits me so it's kind of finding what works but like you say in terms of brands um, I do think that there's there are some negatives um, if it's not been tried and tested if it's, if yeah. it's something that's been tried and it's been proved there's, there's evidence to suggest that it does work then by all means great but there needs to be a line as well yeah I think, it, so, yeah. I think maybe because it's not a professional sport so yeah. they rely yeah. so much on sponsorship so if you want to enter competition and you're, you're at that level you need, yeah, to, of course. you need to pick up sponsorship to, for the associated costs that go along with it I think that's uh, yeah, of course. a big thing to say uh, same with any other um, so we work with a lot of taekwondo fighters and a lot of their yeah. training isn't, isn't funded so they have to get out exactly get some funding. you know you've got the um You've got to earn your money somehow, and I mean, if it's if it's a way that this person is able to train and maintain the level of performance that they are looking for, then you know, as long as it's a, as long as it's a good sponsorship deal, then yes. But I think there, there needs to be um, that's the word I'm looking for. It needs to be ethical. Yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. ethical brings us on to the last point, really. Yeah. So we're running out of time, so we'll just go one word answer. And we'll bring this no problem. another podcast. Is do you think there is a performance enhancing culture in CrossFit? Yes. Oh, controversial. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the that it's in every box, and one being it doesn't happen at all. Very rare. How bad is the culture? Three or four. Okay. Okay, that's not as bad as I expected. So into our last section, what we call the finish line. It's 20 quick fire questions, James. Answer them as quickly and as truly as you can. I'll do 10, Ed will do 10. Ed, you fire away. All right, nice easy one to start with. Favourite food? Pizza. Good. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Favourite holiday destination? Uh, Mallorca. Oh, oh. Favourite way to eat a potato? <laughs> um, baked. Baked. Interesting. Uh, cocktails or beers? Beers, always. Most underrated exercise in the gym? Press-ups. <laughs> That's a good answer. No, we've not had Old that school. one yet, actually. Yeah. Uh, your favourite way to de-stress that is not training? Uh, sauna. I love a sauna. Ooh. Um, starters or desserts? Starters. Uh, cleans or snatches? Cleans. Definitely cleans. Power or full squat? Power. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I've got dodgy. Everybody says that. <laughs> um, what sport would you be doing if you hadn't swam? Um, rugby. Good answer. Take up. <laughs> yeah. Dream dinner date. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. That dream dinner date. Um, I think about this one. Michael Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Um, ninety-nine chickens. Ninety-nine. That's what Holly said. Ninety-nine. Definitely more chickens. You need a lot more chickens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly 99 chickens. Uh, if you had to eliminate one of these things from from your life, then you can never never do it or, or uh, like hear it ever again. It's either music or sport. Oh. Music. <laughs> you go the whole rest of your life will be silent, but you just train train your balls off all the time. Yeah. That's yeah. Tough. That's tough. Yeah. I'd have to. I know that I know the answer to this without even asking it, but cats or dogs? Dogs, always. Yeah, I knew it was team dog. <laughs> strongly, strongly in the dog camp. If you were having a dinner party, who were your three guests? Oh, good question. Um, three guests: David Sterling, the first guy that from the SAS. I think he'd be really interesting. Um, that's how I think about this one. Who else? Um, David Attenborough. Very strong. And 
Alan Shearer. Shearer. Be, Geordie. It's got to be Got to be a, got to be a Geordie <laughs> thing, that, hasn't it? Yeah. Got to be Shearer. <laughs> um, this is probably I know the answer to this as well, or dancing or swimming. Swimming. <laughs> Uh, when you go when you go to Nando's, what's your go-to flavour? Uh, so I like to go medium because few years you can always make it hotter if you go medium. But if you go too to hot good. and you perish your taste buds, then you've it's a very strong answer. If there was only one question you could ask everyone, what would it be? What David? <laughs> 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 find myself asking that a lot recently so that would be my question <laughs> like Groundhog Day at the minute that's so we're in in lockdown <laughs> what is it? I don't know where I am you know what I mean well last one for you then Ed so you walk into the box to train and the, the workout it's the worst thing ever imaginable what is on that what is on the workout board what is your oh, worst workout God. Some, something with thrusters probably thrusters are just the worst <laughs> Um, I'm not a fan of we started doing these single arm devil press and I'm not a big fan of those either they're pretty they're pretty minging dumbbell thrusters as well any form of thruster should, should not be allowed to with clusters just unacceptable really <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, I really like muscle ups muscle ups are my, my favourite things for the last. Do. I don't know why just, yeah that's right exactly, yeah just lats just lots of the kind. It links a bit of it links a bit of swimming and yeah. kind of fun. Um, I also like deadlifts as well. So yeah, you'd like, that, and deadlift you'd like ideal. You'd like Connor who works for us. All he does is deadlift. Yeah, <laughs> love it. I love it. Deadlifts a lap pull down. It, yeah, it's the only it's the only heavy heavy compound lift I can do. <laughs> Basically, I, I kind of squat for toffee, so it has to be deadlifts. <laughs> okay. And then if people want to follow you, um, thanks for that. Anyway, sorry, should I said thanks very much. Yeah. If, if people want to follow You're you, welcome. where um, where would they find you, and what they, if they want to have a look? So my Instagram tag is at Wellfjord. So W E L F J O R D on Instagram. Um, it's private because I'm a teacher, but if you're in the fitness industry, I'll probably follow you back and allow you to follow me. Um, yeah. Yeah. On Instagram. Tag. Cool. Yeah, me, me and a fun, fun little fact as well. He says he's well, well fjord. Is me and James used to try and con people at uni that we were Nordic brothers. <laughs> no, I had a Yorkshire yeah. accent and he accent. As you can imagine, it didn't go very well. Yeah. I think it maybe worked once in a hundred times. Yeah. The one is, eh? They all add up. Yeah. I think we once told somebody that. You were a professional swimmer and I was your coach, but we were also brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Twins. Yeah. Interesting fact about Howard. I, I used to think that blonde people didn't get facial hair that well. And then I met Howard and he's got actually the best beard I've ever met on a man. So it really debunks that myth in my head. I've been, I've been trying to grow a beard as good as Bishes ever since, really. <laughs> Never quite made it. Uh, when you're a genetic, I think I should. Uh, I think I should leave this Zoom chat. And just leave you two to keep, <laughs> keep flirting with each other. I feel like an intruder. Well, it's quite clear that uh, James was your uni boyfriend. <laughs> uh, you two wouldn't stop flirting for the whole time, even off off the recording as well. These two, I couldn't shut them up. <laughs> yeah, he's a good friend. He's a very good friend. So, what do you think from uh, from that view inside the CrossFit bubble? Has I think, it it, it, yeah, it has changed my opinion in certain ways, and, and definitely opened my eyes to how they're aware of, in inverted commas, the way they cheat yeah. exercises in our eyes as, as scientists. But um, I understand there's got to be that um, border between speed when you're doing a workout for time and then technique. But in our in our eyes, then. Um, it's the speed accuracy trade-off that if you uh, the faster you go, the the worse it's going to look and the higher risk of injury. Then, now that is quite common on the rugby field and the football field, but in the gym it's not not as common, is it? So, uh, it's good to, that he kind of recognises within the sport there is a wide variance of um, coaching quality and kind of that care. And obviously, like, like he, he said that in his, it's very kind of well-oiled machine, and they've got well-experienced coaches, good programming, 
um, and obviously if there's injury injuries they obviously support that whereas other boxes may not be so it happens insane, with so. PTs as well yeah. don't it? we see we see there's, there's good and bad in every sort of coaching world um, you see it in football rugby everywhere that certain uh, ethoses don't suit different people and that's the, that's the biggest problem in society really and you're never going to appease everyone so you have to just try and do your best yeah well, yeah, so he, uh, he raised a few more questions, I think, for a potential future episode. Yeah, 100%. So the big, the big topic of CrossFit has been well and truly addressed. I think there's plenty more to get into, but it's been insightful. I've, uh, I've enjoyed today. Definitely, yeah. Um, so uh, places of interest, as usual, uh, you can find us at accelerate-coaching.com. That's our website. Uh, at Accelerate Coaching, uh, sorry, Accelerate underscore coaching on Instagram and Accelerate Coaching on Facebook. Uh, you can submit your questions on CrossFit in the comments section below and we'll pass them on to James and we'll get, try and get them all answered. Um, I've been Ed Miles. You can find me on Instagram at Ed double M performance, all one word. And me at at Bish1990 on Instagram. If uh, you want any questions for James, his profile's private, but we'll make sure you get him, get you to him and... If you'd, especially if you're a CrossFitter up in the northeast in Newcastle, you want to get uh, get some work in, we can definitely put you in touch. Thanks, guys. See you on another episode in a few weeks' time. Thank you.